You're listening to Soundwise Podcast, a show hosted by Alex in Serbia and Vlada in Poland. Each week we cover a different artist or band and engage in an open and spontaneous debate and discussion about specific parts of their discographies. Our goal is to expand our musical horizons and cover a great range of artists and styles. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash soundwisepod and social media at soundwisepod. Hello everyone, welcome to another morning edition of Sunrise Podcast. Yeah, it's morning right now, so excuse us if we don't sound our best. Alex, how are you doing? Hey Vlad, I'm doing great actually. Despite the morning, I actually have plenty of energy and I'm really ready to delve into a very energetic act called Fugazi. So are you excited about Fugazi? Uh, have you listened to them before this show? Um, no, actually, this is the first time that I'm actually listening to their work. I've just known that they are related to punk music, but that was kind of it. And I was pretty sure that they were active in maybe late 80s or early 90s, but that was it. And now we are about to cover three records, which uh, gives us a, re- a very good insight into into what they are famous for, you know. Yes, I couldn't be more excited, to be honest, because Fugazi means a lot to me. It's not the band that I listen to regularly, but when I do listen to them, I'm always in absolute awe. It's just amazing what these guys were capable of doing. It's just something that I feel is on another level musically. And, you know, we might see them as a punk band because essentially that's what they are a very politically charged band, but it's actually quite difficult to define their music, I would say. They don't sound like anyone else. Would you agree with that assessment? Yes, I would, except for one thing. I wanted to ask you about their debut album, because after having listened to it uh, a couple of times, I kind of thought that they maybe drew some inspiration from famous British uh, punk bands? Mm, well, I'm, I'm definitely sure that they were influenced by some British punk bands, as as was the whole hardcore punk American movement in the 80s, I think. So it just depends which bands you're particularly referring to. Well, maybe the Sex Pistols, for example. Oh, yeah, well, but didn't Sex Pistols influence pretty much every punk band out there? Yeah, yeah, we can say that, yeah. Okay, so the three records that we're going to talk about today. First, we're going to start with their debut album. Well, not a debut album, actually. It's their, uh, well, is it a debut album, repeat? Um, I would say it's their second album, even though, technically speaking, you might say it's a debut album because the previous record that came out was a compilation of two EPs. But uh, nowadays, people mostly refer to 13 songs, which is this collection of two EPs, as the debut. So Repeater might be the sophomore release by Fugazi. So this is more or less a technical thing. But yeah, it's, it's the band in their early stages. Let's put it that way. Yes, that sounds better. Okay, so Repeater is the first record we're going to discuss. Then we're going to discuss Red Medicine. And finally, uh, we'll discuss um, their last album, The Argument. So, Vlada, can you give us an insight? You know, I just mentioned their last album, which means that they're not active anymore. Can you give us some info about this band? 
All right. So Fugazi was founded in Washington, D.C. in 1986. Now, the important thing about them is that they're one of many projects by Ian McKay, who was previously known for his a very, very small punk band called Minor Threat. Well, actually one of the most influential punk bands of all time. So following the disbandment of Minor Threat, McKay went on to form uh, the band called Embrace. And then eventually he formed Fugazi, a band that I think he's now, besides Minor Threat, most remembered for. And for a good reason, as you will listen to us talking about later on. So he kind of wanted originally a project that was a certain combination of the Stooges and Reggae. So imagine he wanted that kind of sound, the Stooges and Reggae. And initially the band was a trio. So after some small personnel changes, the band settled with the lineup of Joe Lally on the bass and Brandon Canty on the drums and, of course, Ian McKay on the guitar and vocals. However, there was another guy who often frequented their rehearsals called Guy Picciotto. So I pronounce this as Picciotto because this is the right Italian way. I'm not sure how Americans actually pronounce it because very often Italian names get slightly butchered. But let's stick with Picciotto for our show. So dear listeners, if you're fans of Fugazi, please don't get upset over this minor thing. Okay, uh, so Guy Picciotto was in the band called Rites of Spring. And there he was a bandmate with Conti. So that's why he often came to the rehearsals. And initially, they didn't want to have him on, even though he insisted to join the band, as McKay had this whole concept of a trio. But after a while, they let him in. And I think that was a very, very important decision, because Guy and Ian really are, in some ways, they're kind of like Lennon and McCartney of... uh, post-hardcore or punk in general, let's say. It's just their chemistry, it's, it's their songwriting and singing that makes this band feel so grand, you know, especially when you have them projecting different moods through their vocals. They sound rather different, so it's easy to tell them apart when you listen to the music. And I think this was a great move on Ian McKay to actually let him join the band at the end. They released the first EP in 1988 and then another one in 1989. And that eventually resulted in a repeater, which was, again, as we said, technically speaking, their debut, but more realistically, their second album in 1990. Some things that are very interesting about this band have nothing to do with their music, but have more to do with their politics and their sense of artistic integrity. Uh, They had a sort of do-it-yourself mentality. Also, it's worth saying that Ian McKay, back when he was in Minor Threats, was a part of a very important movement uh, in the Washington, D.C. punk scene. This movement was known as Straight Edge, and I'm sure a lot of, of our listeners know about it. Straight Edge is the movement where you refuse to drink, smoke, abuse substances, take any psych meds, 
So it has a very strict code of behavior and it's very politically motivated as well. However, I this have to add something. Sorry, Vlada. Mm-hmm. I have to add something. This, let's say, refuse, refusing to uh, use the, those substances and having that, uh, having those strict rules remind me of emo rock and emo punk bands that came a bit later. And also I can see some influence, you know, coming from Fugazi with those bands, like, for example, Title Fight from Pennsylvania. And um, it's really interesting. Thanks for that. Yeah, actually talking about emo, that's interesting because very often bands like Embrace and Rites of Spring that we mentioned, the previous bands of Ian McKay and Guy Picciotto are mentioned as a huge influence on the emo scene, for better or worse. Uh, depending how you look at that. Now, Ian and Guy never actually acknowledged that. In their mind, they just played punk the best way they could. And and that's it. You know, they don't really like delving into these labels, to be honest. And for a good reason, because as I mentioned earlier, I think Fugazi's music is too original to be classified that easily. And I'm not sure that any classification that we might mention is doing any service to how this band might be perceived by our listeners who are not familiar with it. So let's just say that we're talking about one of the most original, most exciting punk bands that ever existed. But even if you say don't like punk, you may still like Fugazi because their sound is something else. Uh, So back to a bit of history. Straight Edge was very important for this movement, but was also kind of controversial because it created a split on the scene where there were people who didn't approve of this and thought it was too rigid, just too oppressive in some ways. And uh, people also believe that this whole Straight Edge movement was a bit snobbish, a bit uh, that they were a bit smug. But I think that might be a, an oversimplification of the whole thing. I think that the, the point of this movement was that it's very important to break away from destructive behavior, non-affirmative behavior, and uh, see value in, in something else, see freedom as not the freedom to destroy yourself, but rather the freedom to create and to push the world forward. And I think that's where Ian McKay and other punks who promoted straight edge movement came from. Uh, Another interesting thing about them is that they were so against signing to any big labels that they refused and they rejected some really lucrative offers they got over the duration of their career. For example, at one point, they were such a big underground act. They were so popular as a live act that none other than Ahmed Ertegun, the famous president of the Atlantic Records, you know, the guy who discovered Led Zeppelin and had all these very, very close relations with bands such as the Rolling Stones, for example. He went backstage to talk to the band in an attempt to sign them. And he offered them $10 million and offered them the freedom to do whatever they wanted even their own sub-label, and the band still declined the offer, regardless of how lucrative this might have been for them. So this proves a very important thing, that very often bands would succumb to labels too easily, which eventually cost them a lot of money because a lot of these labels were quite exploitative. And uh, Fugazi 
refuse to play that game. So that's something incredible about them. Another thing is that as a live band, they had a policy where they would keep tickets affordable for everyone. So they would never inflate the ticket prices. Their attitude was that their concerts belong to everyone and that no one should be left out. So there was this kind of communal sense uh, around this band. And uh, I, I urge you to watch their videos, their live concerts. There's a sense that there's no barrier between them and the audience, which I really love. Not to mention that they're a great live band as well. And no another security guards in between? Uh, I'm not sure, but it doesn't seem so, at least in some of the videos I watched. They also refused to be a part of Lollapalooza the famous traveling festival uh, back in the 90s, even though they were offered a headlining slot. So we're talking about a band with a great sense of integrity. They spent all of their years on a single label. And nowadays the band is not active. And that's another important thing to mention. They went on a hiatus in 2003. And their idea was, and this was somewhat original at the time, their idea was not to break up the band, but because they had other things to do in their lives, their own families, they decided they could not commit to their art to the fullest, to what they were all about. And because they couldn't meet the same standards, they decided to go on a hiatus. So to this day, there's still speculation whether they will ever reunite or not. And, you know, the interesting part about that is that by their own admittance, the band tends to get together every once in a while and even play music together. But this is something that we are not privy to. So we can only hope for a reunion, even though sometimes I feel, given their almost perfect catalog, that that reunion might kind of stain their legacy in some ways. So Alexander, what do you think about all these facts? Yeah, fantastic stuff. First, I want to touch on the last thing that you talked about. I think that sometimes music fans tend to be too, well, maybe it's hard to say selfish, but, you know, urging other bands to reunite and play music again. Like, I just don't feel that that would necessarily help the cause and that you that we as fans shouldn't take any part in maybe personal conflicts or any other reasons. Maybe it's not personal. Maybe it's just that they don't feel that they could deliver the same output as they used to. Like I have some bands that are not active and I'm not like desperate. I, I just let it be, you know. And I also like the integrity that you talked about and also staying with only one record label like sub pop is the famous label sub pop is listed on wikipedia as one of their labels but actually no studio albums were were released by sub pop yeah and, they, they uh, were on discord for all of their career and i think their own projects right now are also released on discord if i'm if i'm correct so that yes, exactly. that gives you a sense of what being on a label means to them they have this do-it-yourself attitude and i think that's something that kind of it's a predecessor to what's going on right now where bands are slowly discovering that they don't need big labels anymore because they can do everything themselves there are so many venues for promotion on the internet and at the end of the day it's much better when there's no one at the top to exploit you 
Yes, and the final thing that I want to say here before we start discussing albums, it's really it's a really cool connection between Fugazi and certain bands that I like to listen to. Like I mentioned, Title Fight, you know, those bands that actually call themselves post-hardcore, uh, shoegaze, I don't know, emo punk, you know, they have this straight-edge uh, lifestyle and... I have a lot of musicians that I like that are not in that movement, but it's really interesting to discover something else, something that actually differs from the usual rock star, you know, status. Yeah, and you know what's really cool about Fugazi is that they never sold out and yet they still made millions of dollars. So I don't know if that's what they intended to, but... It's really interesting how sometimes you can just rely on your own quality and basically the word of mouth and building your own reputation. Then you don't need anyone to push you. All right, so Alexander, let's get on with the records. So the first record we're going to talk about is Repeater from 1990. So let me hear your take on this wonderful record. Okay, uh, this, this record was a very nice listen. I really like the the energy, the shouting, also the bass guitar, which is sharp and and very loud. You can hear it already on the first track called Turnover, uh, where the bass is really uh, prominent. As a bass player, I always like hearing good bass licks. You know that, Vlada. I, I think that's the case with every musician, especially every bass player. So a very good record, very punky, I would say, uh, punkier than the rest of the records we're going to talk about, even though that's not taking away anything from from uh, from those records. Um, uh, in in what sense punkier? Can you maybe try to explain that? Like, what do you mean when you say it's punkier than the other records? I would say that other records are more melodic, and that this record is. Maybe maybe the word is underproduced, not in a bad way, just like you have, for example, when it comes to Nirvana, you know, uh, their Bleach album sounds more raw than, let's say, Nevermind. In that sense, yeah, I think like that's... Bleach is the real deal. Sometimes I really prefer listening to Bleach than Nevermind, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> okay, dear listeners, if you love Nirvana, you can tell us if you're a, a fan of Bleach and, and also Nevermind. Okay. So yeah, that's my explanation. I think this this album is punchier and it features more energy than than the rest of the albums. Well, not a lot, but you, I, I can sense them. To be honest, what about you, Vlada? Well, I I think uh, you're making some good points there. I think this album does sound maybe I know it's hard to use these words when it comes to Fugazi, but maybe a bit more conventional than their later work. I think as they went along, they started sounding more and more experimental, even though you have to acknowledge that on this record too, they do sound quite uh, original and experimental. But I think this is a great starting point for the band, you know, a great uh, introduction to the band for many listeners. I think if you are not familiar with their music, you should start off with this record primarily because the songs here are very exciting. Like from the get-go, the energy doesn't let up. And, and the first song, for example, the opening track, Turnover, is so potent, so powerful. Uh, it just kicks you straight in the gut. 
not just with the riffs, with wonderful riffs and very catchy riffs in that song, but also with a message. It's so political. And it basically, in, in some ways, it captures what this band is all about. The song is basically about urging people to wake up from their languor, from their sleep, to do something about their lives, to change the system they live in. Because basically the song acknowledges that we all know what's going on, that we are all pretty much upset about our way of life. But at the end of the day, we are too weak and too inactive to do much about it. And I think Fugazi as a true activist band, is urging people to do something, to wake up, to stem the tide, so to say. So that's what I really love about this song. And also it's it's amazingly catchy, uh, very energetic. There's a really cool live video that you can find on YouTube where the band performs this song outside the White House at a protest in Washington. I'm not sure what the protest was about, but it's a, it's a very powerful video. I think it's some of the best live performances I've ever seen. So check that out. They play a few tunes there, Turnover among them. Then, you know, the band goes straight into Repeater, which is a song about uh, a person who is a drug dealer. A very cool, repetitive riff there. Uh, again, you can tell... When you reach that song, you can definitely tell that this is a band that's willing to experiment a lot, that's willing to to play with different tempos, uh, with different kind of uh, melodies. And I, that's what I really love about them. That's why I say it's so hard to define them as simply a punk band. Or here, you know, here on All Music Guide, it says styles, alternative, indie rock, post-hardcore, but... You know, I think it's just Fugazi. And another track that I really, really adore, that's one of my favorite Fugazi tracks, is Merchandise, which again is pretty, it's pretty much against the exploitation that goes on in the music industry. And uh, I love the chorus here where Ian shouts, we owe you nothing, you have no control. So I love, like you can tell, it's their attitude. They're not going to let anyone come in and tell them what to do. And, you know, unlike some other bands, they really stuck to it. You know, like Rage Against the Machine has somewhat similar sentiments in their songs. But I think they were far more willing to make compromises along the way. Not that they're a band without integrity, mind you, but I still think that... It's a very rare example of the band untainted by making compromises within the industry. And so the, the album just continues uh, with a constant barrage of great tracks. There's Sieve Fisted Find, another favorite of mine, very explosive. Styrofoam is great. I mean, pretty much every track here. There's some, there's some instrumental tracks, uh, Brandon number one. For example, a showcase for Brandon Canty, great track. Again, shows that this band has several strengths to them. So not just the lyrics, which are very politically charged, but also their instrumental prowess is fantastic. So Alexander, what's your verdict on this one, your favorite track and your rating? Okay, I really have to praise that ability to risk, you know, to stick the stick your fingers, so to say, to 
to the music industry. And I, I have to say that, uh, according to Wikipedia, this album went on to sell over 1 million, 1 million copies in the U.S. alone. So despite being very critical and very uh, opposing to, uh, to the music industry, a lot of people still acknowledge their quality, which is really promising. Uh, well, it was promising at that time. I don't know about the music nowadays, and Fugazi hasn't been active like for the past 17 years, but let's, let's hope. Okay. So my rating for this album is, uh, 7.5 and, and I'm really torn between the first two tracks. I'm not sure if it's turnover or repeater. Let's go with repeater, especially because they love the chorus. Yeah, good choice. Uh, for me, it's extremely difficult to choose the favorite track. Uh, merchandise, turnover, sea fisted fine. I don't know. All of these are equally great in their own ways. So I'm just going to pick one of them, but I think all of them deserve that spot. Uh, so I, I'd say turnover just because it's such a great opener, you know, and that's, that's why I think this is the album you should start off with because once you hear that opening song, you're going to be blown away straight away. You know, that's, it couldn't get better than that as an introduction to a new band. So, yeah, turnover. And the rating is 9.5. I think this is one of uh, absolute classics of that era. As far as underground music goes, I think this is like the climax of everything that went on in the 80s. All the great stuff on the American punk and hardcore scene, I think. This record is in many ways a climax of that. Just shows how far they took it. Like listen to Minor Threat, which is a great punk band, and then go to this. You can see how creative Ian McKay is, how much he evolved over the years. So yeah, everyone should have this record, 9.5. Okay, so before we move on, I just want to quickly share something that's, uh, that I actually... Hope other people have noticed the album cover on Repeater reminds me of Soundgarden's Ultra Mega OK. So, dear listeners, I know that we have some grunge and punk and rock fans among us, so please tell me if you have the same impression. Okay, so now moving on to Red Medicine from 1995. So, Vlada, tell me about it. All right, so we skipped a couple of records here because... We wanted to represent different stages of their career. So this record, Red Medicine, uh, I think compared to Repeater, it may not be as accessible, but I feel it's pretty much on the same level quality-wise. I love the opening track, Do You Like Me, with Guy singing. It's just so explosive. Also, kind of like Turnover on the last record, they really know how to pick an opening track. Uh, this one is so visceral. I especially love the drumming here. Like I'm, I'm not sure how they keep up with with this crazy rhythm. You know, it's so it it feels like it's on the verge of falling apart at every single moment, and yet the band never loses it. That's what I like about them. That that's the kind of instrumental prowess they have that I think is not talked about enough. Because I guess when it comes to punk oriented bands, people don't like to talk about uh, instrumental skills and that stuff. But this band really had it, you know, they really had it. And, and this track shows. Uh, then if, if we move on, I like some of the topics covered here. 
even though the lyrics are not always easy to understand. You know, like Bad for Scraping. I'm not quite sure what he's talking about there, but I can't resist the song anyway because it has such a great guitar lick going throughout the song. So another great track straight away after Do You Like Me. Then there is a forensic scene with Guy, which is a bit more slow-paced. Let's put it that way. And that's another thing that this band is so good at building tension, especially in slower tracks. Uh, Would you agree with that, Alexander? Yes, and I think that sets them apart from your usual punk bands. They are capable of slowing it down. They're capable of providing quality vocals, and they're certainly capable of providing very good instrumentals. You know, dear listeners, I have to say, as a music fan, I I kind of rate both the lyrics and the music, but I've always kind of been more into music. So I like instrumentals, and music is like a like an essential part on every song. Obviously, it depends on the artist and the genre, but if you're able to provide some good, catchy and enjoyable riffs, that's a huge plus for me. And that's obviously a huge plus when it comes to Fugazi. Yeah, I mean, I think Fugazi is a perfect blend of lyrics and music, and that's why their instrumental tracks work well, too. Here on this record, for example, we have Version, which is an awesome instrumental track. And there's another one, a combination lock. So they always have those little jams uh, where I think their rhythm section particularly shines. As I mentioned, there's some interesting themes here. Uh, Again, uh, some of the themes are kind of repeated from the previous records, but they are presented in a different way. So that's why it works. For example, Target, again, is about music industry. And in this song, the band practically calls out all these big grunge bands who, in their opinion, sold out. So that's interesting, you know, because they have this integrity. And then there's all these grunge bands that they saw pretty much as part of a similar scene, I guess, but who eventually succumbed to big labels and their offers. So Fugazi is trying to tell us that there isn't really that much of a difference between these bands and, I don't know, say hair metal bands in the past, because eventually what they're selling is a certain image and uh, what Fugazi is selling is their own politics, their own personal integrity. I think that's the main difference here. What do you think about that, Alexander? Well, obviously, as a a grunge fan, (laughs) I kind of look at it uh, from, um, how should I say it? Uh, I'm not entirely pleased with it, even though that's a fact that a lot of grunge acts uh, eventually became super popular alternative rock bands. Okay, so, uh, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, I really find it difficult to put myself in that position, you know, whether you're going to sell out, so to say, to certain big labels or you're going to stick to your own stuff you know I, I can't really judge on that to be honest yeah i mean i guess this band i don't know i guess some people might see this as self-righteous because just being on a big label doesn't necessarily make you a sellout but i think fugazi really cared about this kind of artistic integrity and that's what really makes them stand out again Uh, Not to repeat ourselves. Yes, repeater. 
Yeah, so, <laughs> well, what I want to say is that whichever angle you, you look at it from, we are still, as fans, we are still just consumers. And I'm not sure if um, <laughs> their choice of labels actually affects us. What do you think, Lada? Um, I think it does, because I wouldn't say we're just consumers. I think because this music means much more to us than like a mere product. Of course, it's a product too, but I think not being on a big label also means that there's less pressure and there's more creative freedom. And you'd be surprised to see how some of the records by your favorite band would have turned out if it hadn't been for the interference by the labels. Uh, In many interviews, musicians tend to point out how they had a different vision But due to certain pressures by the record label, they had to compromise the sound uh, or the production overall. So that really does affect music, even with bands that you may think are not prone to selling out or changing their sound just to please the audience. So, yeah, I think uh, Fugazi is making good points there. I'm just not sure if it's a bit too self-righteous you know that that's the only thing but other than that i think they have a good point and i think that their model of doing things proved to be the best model out there because nowadays with the internet and with everything else it seems this is the best way to go about it not selling out to a label especially as a rock band because nowadays i think big labels work better for pop artists or hip-hop artists yeah, you made some you made some really really good points there. So I have to agree. All right, so let's jump to the difficult part, giving ratings and picking favorite tracks. So I'm going to go first. This is an 8 out of 10 and my favorite track is Fell Destroyed. Such a good guitar, uh, such a good guitar riff. I have to praise the guitar on this album. I think it's it's more uh, featured so to say. And that combination of drums and uh, and guitar that's not distorted is something that I always like and something that you can see uh, with many bands. So 8 out of 10 and Fell Destroyed. Oh yeah, that's a cool song. Uh, I think it's about the abuse of medicine, psych meds, uh, or uh, the general uh, state of the pharmaceutical industry. So a really good choice there, Alex. And a very catchy tune again. That, that's the thing. And as as weird some of these tunes may sound at first, you know, they're very original. They're actually super catchy. Like, they're filled with hooks, and that's what I love about them, too. That's probably something that people don't say often about Fugazi, but I think that's in part uh, what they owe their great success to. So I would go, it's, it's, again, extremely difficult to choose the track, the standout track, but I would probably go with, um, hmm... Let's say forensic scene, because I really love Guy's vocals there. I think Guy's kind of my favorite member of the band, because uh, I think uh, Ian McKay sounds a bit more grating, but that's good for for the band like them, you know, especially when you need to get a message across very aggressively. That's where Ian is amazing. But I think Guy just has a nice timber to his voice and I like his delivery which is often very snarky so I I'll, I'll go with forensic scene here and the rating I would say 9 out of 10 uh, again another great record very even very consistent uh, there's no weak tracks great great stuff so 
dear listeners, if you're not familiar with Fugazi, just go and listen to all these records. You won't regret it. All right, so now we're going to their last record, The Argument. So this is the record after which they went on an indefinite hiatus, which we don't know if it will ever end. Some people I'm sorry, claim- Vlada, I, I just lost concentration. Did you give your rating for Red Medicine? Yes, it's 9 out of 10. Oh, sorry. It's, it's, it's the morning uh, effect. Sorry, guys. Yes, okay. <laughs> uh, so the, the morning uh, makes us a bit sleepy, but we have Fugazi to wake us up, which is a good thing. Okay, so let's go on to the argument. Alexander, first I would like to hear your thoughts. This is the band's last record. How did it go? Did they leave the scene with a style? What do you think? They left the scene with an absolute statement. You know, this was, in my eyes, leaving the stage on a high note. Like, I really enjoyed this album. Everything is just so good here. You know, the bass, the drums, the singing, plenty of great tracks. It is melodic, but still punchy and raw. Actually, this album, to me, contains some traces of... uh, early grunge work you know maybe i'm wrong please dear listeners tell me do you have the same impression so that's something that stood out like tracks like life what do you mean by that like that it kind of reminds you of the early grunge bands like the sounds the exactly yes Mm, yes. i I don't know I, mm, i never really thought about it that way to me it just sounds like a fugazi record yeah, it, I think it has some traces of grunge, you know. Maybe it's maybe not the album as a whole, but certain tracks. Now, I want to highlight the fifth and the sixth track, Life and Limb and The Kill. First, Life and Limb is such a good drum track, you know. I just love it, and the, the singing and the chorus is so catchy. Then it's followed by The Kill, which has a mystic and... Uh, a very dark introduction. I love that effect. I don't know what it's called, and I would, I, I could honestly listen to it forever. It's such a good introduction of the song. Also, X Spectator, another great track, and the final track, Argument, let's say the title track, is a very good ending to a record. Vlada, what do you think? Well, I absolutely agree with you that the band went out with a bang. Well, if if this is the end, for now it's the end, but we don't know. They might come back. But this, if this is the end, it's a spectacular end. I think that um, another amazing effort, very consistent throughout, not a single weak track here. I'd say I like this one even better than Red Medicine. Even though it's hard to compare such great records, especially when you listen to them back to back, it all blends into one very long sequence of greatness. I love the topics that they have here, the themes that they cover, especially, for example, the first track, Cash Out, is about gentrification and how the neighborhoods lose their soul, how people are left without their homes because of this very greedy expansion that's going on. So great track. Um, The Kill, as you said, another amazing one. And that's the track that really speaks a lot to me as somebody from the Balkans where, unfortunately, we had horrible conflicts back in the 90s. 
and where people who used to live together in harmony turned against each other overnight, despite the fact that they speak the same language and are very culturally similar, something that nowadays a lot of them would deny because, you know, people are just like that, pretty crazy. This is the song about the military, about being a soldier, about how when you're a soldier, basically you serve not just a certain regime, but also a certain narrative. You, you, you lose your own individual identity and you blend into this collectivist idea of a nation, tradition and family, as Fugazi pointed this out. And there's a, there's a bit where they sing, I'm not a citizen. I really like that part because meaning that being a citizen is also, it also means being free, being an individual aware of other people's rights and aware of their own freedoms, first and foremost. And then you have this oppressive tool at the top that is exemplified in the military, in, in, in the police. And we see this nowadays all across the Western world, especially with recent protests in the US. You can see how the police uses violence excessively, completely against the constitution itself. So. Fugazi covers this topic in a great, spectacular way. Then um, some other interesting songs are, for example, X Spectator. Again, X Spectator. So that's a nice play with words. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's not easy to, to interpret these songs sometimes, but I think this one is about, again, inactivity, about just being the observer rather than doing something, rather than being a part of the change. And I think that's, uh, again, another of their themes that sort of you can, you can hear on almost each record. It's a very important theme for them, it seems. And then the final track really, really ends the thing on the high note. Uh, the final track, Argument, I think this is my interpretation again. I think this is the track that is about this tendency that no matter how much discrimination we might witness, how much oppression we might see out there, people will still manage to find arguments to justify it. And that's the sad part of the world we live in. So I think that's the song about it. And I think a perfect ending to this wonderful record. Uh, of course, other songs are pretty much just as great as the ones I mentioned. Full Disclosure, for example, about the government and secrecy of information. Again, something that came to prominence with Assange later on. So it seems that Fugazi in many ways predicted certain things that played out later on. So Alexander, what do you think about this range of different political and social themes that Fugazi tends to cover on their records? Well, again, we are talking the risk that they are willing to take. And I really like that. You know, it's kind of, it's a way to filter out your audience and see if you actually, if you actually relate to those relics, uh, lyrics. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, you know, you have a lot of mainstream groups that use lyrics that are kind of universal and everybody can latch on them. Fugazi is not that kind of band and you have to appreciate it. And finally, my final word about this album is that the album cover is very cool. Right, Lada? Yeah, um, I think all of their album covers more or less are pretty cool. But this one is my favorite, I think. Very symbolic because we see two arms. 
And uh, I think this is probably the Statue of Liberty holding a torch, you know, representing freedom. And then on the other side of the cover, we have an empty hand just reaching out. So this could be seen in different ways, but I think it's a very stunning image. You know, when you see it, you immediately want to listen to the record and it also kind of gives you an idea of what the record is all about. And again, the band doesn't shy away from being overly political, explicitly political. And uh, again, I'm not sure that if, if they were on a big label that they would be able to be this political. That's another another thing to think about when it comes to Fugazi and when it comes to the general state of the music industry. Uh, so anyway... Uh, let's get down to the ratings. So, Alexander, what do you think? Okay, my rating is 8.5. It may change, you know, after some time, but for now it's a, it's a well-deserved 8.5, and my favorite track is Life in Length. All right, I think I will give this one 9.5. I think it's just as spectacular as Repeater, if not more, because the band is more mature here. The arrangements are very interesting. The, the, for example, uh, you know how the previous two records we talked about started off with a bang? This one starts off in a more introspective way with a more slow-paced track. So the band is kind of different here, but in a very good way. I love it. Uh, some great tracks, great range of themes covered. So overall, 95 Again, there's no reason why you shouldn't listen to Fugazi. Just go grab it, listen to it, grab a vinyl, grab a CD, go to your streaming service, whatever. Just listen to Fugazi, okay? Yes, dear listeners, take those words and make make yourself that opportunity to to listen to such records. Okay. All so, right. As uh, all, before yeah. we before we say goodbye, I just wanna give a huge shout out to our patrons you guys are awesome and we have another new patron nana peggy nana peggy thank you so much for your support also the other guys david has been a tremendous support throughout the existence of this podcast with his new england radio where you can also listen to us and also a huge thanks to stefan to andriana to Stephanie, uh, to... Did I leave somebody out? To Asha, of course. Yeah, and Yanko, finally. And Yanko. So, you guys rock. Thank you so much for everything. Yeah, sure. And to to all the people who are now listening to this episode, if you want to support our podcast, if you, if you want to get more quality content, you can join this precious Patreon community for as little as $1 per month. You can also check all the tiers that we have and all the benefits that come with them. So just type patreon.com slash soundrisepod. And also we have the same handle for our social media accounts at soundrisepod. That includes Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for all the funny stuff, for all the news and updates about our show. So thanks again. Stay tuned. Go listen to Fugazi. Tell us what you think. And now we're giving the microphone to our friends at Podrev Day. All the best, guys. Write a review and then you can share it. With the world. In any social media platform. And then your friends see it and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Podrev Day Podcast Review Day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. 
And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and CastBox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about PodRev Day. Which is on the 8th of every month of every year of every century of every... You get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag PodRev Day, Podcast Review Day. Because podcasters work their butts off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? It lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. PodRev Day. Because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag PodRev Day. P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y.